Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused with more at prestigesubaru.com. And Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You'll be at the top of the city as you experience Asheville's history and scenic beauty, historic landmarks, and award-winning rooftop bars. Transportation is provided with tours offered daily, year-round. Find out more at AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC. And you know, right now, the world is going through many challenges for the travel and tourism industry. Speaking of travel is all about traveling and uh planning and and listening to inspiring stories. Well, right now the inspiring stories are coming right out of the industry itself, right out of the travel and tourism industry, which is really in this challenge situation right now. But I have to tell you, people are working together. It is so reaffirming and so reassuring to know that People in this industry who are here for you and for me and for our families are all working together to help address the situation that we find ourselves in right now. And with me today is Tina Kinsey, the Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport. And Tina, it is so... uh, Nice of you. Thank you to to take time and be on the show today on Speaking of Travel and just kind of give us an update. I, I feel the airports uh, and aviation in our global world uh, are so critical. They're like the vortex for travel. And, and you're right there at the center. So how are things holding up over there? <laughs> well, first of all, thanks, Marilyn, for inviting me on the show again. Um, you know, uh, how are things at the airport? Well, the the team is um, working hard. They're keeping the airport open. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of partners at the airport, um, the TSA agents, the FAA, uh, the service providers, um, members of our team. Uh, you know, our custodians are on the front lines. We've got our guest services workers there. And they're doing their part to keep the airport open and operational for the very few people who are still flying. Um, and I do just want to remind you that even in this this unprecedented time, there are people who still need air travel for serious reasons. So, you know, here we are. Um, the airport is very empty. Um most flights are canceled, uh, but again, you know, a few are arriving and departing each day, um, and it's just this temporary reality 
that we're living in right now. And, you know, we're going to do our part and we're, we're going to keep things safe. That's our number one priority. Um, and be ready to be there for everyone when travel begins again. And it will. It will begin again. Our world is so connected. Uh, like you said, um, it's made much smaller through air travel. And, and we will be traveling again. So we're just, you know, have our heads down, doing what is needed now, um, being a, a very strong community partner, making sure we're communicating the right messages. Um, and, you know, we're looking forward to the light at the end of all of this, just like everyone else. Absolutely. And I would like to talk just a little bit about um, the, you talked about the partners who are involved at the airport and and people who are there. You know, these are people who live in our community, and I can't stress that enough because you talked about safety and, and being uh, efficient to be able to make uh, – decisions, if necessary, uh, quickly. Uh, you know, there's an efficient need for moving goods and services and all the reasons that you have to remain open. But give us an idea of um, the people who are still kind of on the ground there at the airport. Sure. So, you know, we have, um, I can't tout uh, our custodian team enough. They are on the front lines in the this public space, keeping it clean um, all day long, every day, um, so that at that basic level, you know, we have a, a safe space. And then we have maintenance crews, our Department of Public Safety, um, you know, they're, they're uh, at the airport 24-7 um, all year long. Um, it, it's kind of like we're our own little city in a way, you know, we have, um, we operate this campus um, in many different ways. We have our own police and fire um, services and, you know, uh, rental cars are still operating. There are people who need them right now. So, you know, we've got those folks on hand. I mean, I, I could go on and on just, um, but I do want to emphasize that we are socially distancing. Um, we do have members of all the teams who are working remotely or differently um, so that we can uh, um, promote safety in that way as well. So, you know, we're, we're doing what we need to do um, to continue to stay open as a, a part of our nation's critical infrastructure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, as you were talking about the airport, uh, you know, I think of an airport as a campus. There's, like you said, it's like a small town. There's uh, work that has to be done to uh, keep it going. And, and really, all our first responders in their own way, because they're there on the, on the forefront of public safety. And, and those are things that, that go on all the time, not just in a crisis situation. That's right. That's right. And, um, you know, and we know that, uh, you know, when we choose to be a part of 
uh, an airport team and work in the world of aviation, yes, it's very exciting. It's, um, you know, travel is often fun. Um, it's necessary uh, for business a lot of the time. Um, but, you know, there are uh, very serious moments like this as well. Um, and we, we're prepared. We're we're a strong team, and, you know, like you said, uh, these are our friends and neighbors. These are members of Western North Carolina doing really important work right now. I agree, and and I really appreciate you taking time, Tina, uh, and I, I would like to be able to do this frequently so that we can kind of keep up with, uh, with what's going on and, and your message of uh, continuity, that there is this sense of... Uh, travel will happen. People will get back on planes and we're going to be going to sunny Florida and we're going to be going to all the places where we have nonstop flights right here out of our own backyard. And in the meantime, you're going to hold that space for us by keeping it operational and efficient so that everything continues to move forward. That's right. That's right. And, you know, in the here and now, I just want to encourage everyone, um, you know, if you are one of the people who needs to travel and you have a flight booked, you really need to stay in contact with your airline via their website to understand what's happening. Many changes are happening. Flights are getting consolidated, lots of cancellations, um, you know, and the airlines are being terrific. They're they're working around the clock to make sure everyone is accommodated um, and informed. So that is that is your best bet. There's just so many uh, moving parts right now, and being able to stay connected is uh, critically important. And I feel that what you and your team are doing there with the partners that you have uh, on board at the Asheville Airport, all of us can stay connected. So, Tina, tell me how we can get information. What would be the best way? You mentioned going directly to the airline website, I would imagine. Yes, absolutely. And we have links to all of those uh, websites, uh, contact information for the airlines on our website. And that is an easy one to remember. It is flyavl.com. Well, Tina, thank you again for being on the show today and for giving us an update and uh, uh, a positive point of view that, yes, things are challenging right now, but In the future, we will be traveling again, and you and your team are ensuring that that we will be prepared, that everything will be prepared. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. When we come back from the break, we'll be talking to Jeff Greiner with Wildwater, and he will be giving us an update on the travel and tourism industry. We'll be right back. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Hi, I'm Kay, the founder and owner of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You usually hear me talking about our tours from the rooftops in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. 
Currently, our country and the world are going through an unprecedented time with the COVID-19 pandemic and the fear and economic uncertainty that it is creating in our world. We in Asheville, a city that has been welcoming tourists to the healing properties of our Blue Ridge Mountains since the 1800s, are feeling it as well. Many things have been put on hold, but together we will get through this. Our times to explore the world or even our local hometowns and reconnect with friends and loved ones is in our future. Be strong, stay safe, and when you are in Asheville, look us up. We would love to show you the city from a bird's eye view. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I want you to know that April marks the seventh anniversary of Speaking of Travel. That's right, I've broadcasted over 300 conversations with guests from around the world and right here in our own backyard. And we've been hearing their stories that are so inspiring and oftentimes life-changing adventures. Well, today we find ourselves, all of us, on a journey that no one could have ever imagined. With these travel bans and social distancing and homebound realities, it's as if we really need a roadmap to find our balance and remain calm. So how can we look after our mental health to create a new routine with priorities looking after ourselves? Well, my guest today is Jeff Greiner. Jeff is the owner of the Adventure Center of Asheville, managing partner at Natahala Gorge Canopy Tours, and a member of the Wild Water Adventures family. And Jeff, I am so glad to have you on the show today and uh, really am excited to, to get your perception of how we are doing right now in the travel industry. Thanks, Marilyn. I'm excited to be with you and with your listeners to talk about travel and talk about looking forward. So um, uh, I, I can't wait to spend some time with you. Well, Jeff, you and your family have been in the travel and tourism industry for a long time. You are definitely uh, a leader in our tourism industry here in Western North Carolina. Uh your business was designed and centered around family travel. And give us an idea how long you have been doing what you're doing, what your family has been doing. Well, we've been a lot over the years, been through a lot of the years because there's been a lot of years. So um, my parents started uh, Wildwater, the first of our businesses, back in uh, 1971. So this is our 50th season that we're coming into now. And, um, and, and it started when I was seven years old and we now have three generations involved in the business. So my uh, father passed away this past year, but, but my mom is still actively involved in the business. Um, and then uh, my generation, my sister and brother-in-law and myself, my other sister um, and brother have also been involved and then uh, we now have nieces and nephews and, and my own children who are also doing their parts in uh, different parts of our business. So it's 
been exciting to come up and we've, uh, like I said, experienced a lot of different things and a lot of just really exciting and fabulous experiences and, and some challenges along the way as well. Well, I'm sure in 50 years you've been, you've seen a lot of changes and have been through a lot of challenges. And here we are today in a very challenging time. And I had talked about like almost needing a roadmap to be able to find some balance. Being a family run business and really being a, a business that, um, that embraces families, given the, the challenges we have today, talk to me a little bit about how we can um, find that roadmap between balance and remaining calm uh, right here in our own backyard. Well, I think it's important to recognize what you have around you. And um, we are definitely fortunate, as you point out a lot in your in your um, segments. We're we're very blessed here in Western North Carolina with with national parks and national forests and state forests and state parks and bike trails and hiking trails and waterfalls and just so many things to explore and enjoy and do and and um and and that's true across this country it's a a beautiful country with a lot of places to explore and and travel whether it's in your own backyard or or to another part of the country that you want to discover and so you know i think the balance comes from uh, the whole process of travel so you know it starts and and some of the some of the most exciting parts of it can be uh, the experience in the planning. And so in a time like now, it's, it's really a great opportunity to, to sit down with your family members and, and talk about things and uh, that you enjoy, maybe reminisce on some trips that you've taken before and what it was about it that you enjoyed and, uh, and start looking forward to what you want to do um, when the time comes that we're able to to get back out and, and have a little more freedoms to to plan that trip because that time together with the family before the trip and and coming up with ideas and deciding what you want to do um, is is a great part of travel. Um, you know, it's it's all three segments. There's the the planning and the anticipation. There's the actual experience itself and then it's the memories that are created that live with you for the rest of your lifetime and that's what's so great about travel is that um, uh, whether you're planning that trip or whether you're reminiscing about a trip you did before and those kind of go hand in hand they can be combined to, to kind of get that next trip planned so that's that's I think where the where the balance comes and where you can um, take advantage of this time to, to get that next uh, adventure um, uh, on the books. And there are so many resources, like you mentioned, to uh, to explore and uh, to look at and, and start planning. And I love the idea of uh, families sitting together and, and doing travel dreaming, you know, starting a journal. What would what would you like to do if we could do anything we wanted to do what would, what could we do and that you have a lot of resources uh given that you have um you have the adventure center of Asheville, the the natahela gorge canopy tours uh, the whole wild water adventure 
platform. Give us an idea of uh, we're starting, let's say we're starting to do some research. We want to be able to do some things right here in our own backyard. How would we, what would be the best ways to go about getting information uh, from you? Well, um, we have a, uh, several websites, and they're kind of linked together, and you kind of move around them. But um, the two main websites are AdventureCenterOfAsheville.com or uh, shorter as ADVAVL.com. And then WildWaterRafting.com is another website that you can go to. And um, not only can you find the information on us and what we offer, but um, particularly on the Wild Water Rafting site, you can also get great links to uh, the area surrounding us because we're all of our facilities are somehow adjacent to and or utilizing uh, national forest uh, uh, areas. And so, um, so we partner with them, have permits and that kind of thing to be a, a, um, a service provider in the, in the forest service areas. And so, um, so we also can link you to information, uh, whether you want to do something on your own or if you want the assistance of a guide such as ourselves, um, those sites will give you that information. Wow, that's that's awesome. And you were saying, too, being a part and partnered with all of the recreational and the, the national forests and really being connected. And, you know, we know that nature is not just about wilderness. There's so many benefits um, that we can find when we're out in nature. And, and you and your family have so many different ways to enjoy that. When we come back from the break, Jeff, I want to talk to you more about um, just how your businesses are designed and centered around family travel, because that's so important. And let's talk a little bit, too, about how we can reconnect with our youth. That always is such a great uh a great place to be in, reconnecting with our youth. Jeff Greiner, I am so um, thankful that you're here with us on Speaking of Travel. I look forward to talking to you when we come back from the break. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. Did you know that we all have a very powerful travel assistant right in the palm of our hands? It's our cell phone, and it can be used wisely in a number of ways when you're taking a trip. Before your trip, email an itinerary to yourself, including all addresses, phone numbers, and directions. Take photos of your luggage and the tracking tag, just in case it gets lost. Download books, movies, and music to enjoy while on your journey. Use your phone as a GPS to find your way around. It's your clock, automatically adjusting to any new time zones. You can stay in touch with those at home. Most cell phones work around the globe. You may have to do a little research about this ahead of time, but worst case scenario, use Wi-Fi and free texting or messaging apps. Your phone is your alarm clock. You can use it to access the Internet while on your journey. And of course, it is your camera equipment, photos and videos. Did you know you can download video editing apps to make quick and easy vlogs about your trip? 
Have a great trip. This has been Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport. When you fly home, you're home. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here with my guest, Jeff Greiner. Jeff is the owner of the Adventure Center of Asheville, managing partner at Natahala Gorge Canopy Tours, and a member of the Wildwater Adventures family. And Jeff, I have to say, Wildwater Adventures, you know, 50 years, I've lived in Asheville for 40 plus years, and Wildwater is practically a household name anymore. You were really the very first, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we were. It actually, um, I'm going to age myself here a little bit, but 50 years ago, um, I was seven years old uh, when my parents started it. And um, it came out of our own family's personal love of travel and uh, camping and hiking and exploring caves and that kind of thing that my dad and mom did with us as kids. And in that travel process, they, they ended up um, coming across folks in West Virginia that had started rafting in the, uh, uh, in the uh, late sixties. And so uh, it took a year or two for them to pull it together. But in 71, we opened up and, and uh, you know, before that we had done, canoeing and that kind of stuff personally as family and then friends got involved and then they encouraged my dad to figure out a way to you know make a business of it and and uh and help other folks get out and enjoy the outdoors and it's always been focused on family and that's really the core and the center of uh, of what we offer today and all of our activities well you have certainly been able to offer that to generations of families who probably started out when when your dad did and then they had kids and their kids grew up and you know we were talking before the break about um how your businesses are centered around family and family travel and and i love the idea of reconnecting with our youth and you know now given our situation where we are today really being able to we all have to be in a grown-up mode and yet especially those who have families and kids around, um, being able to reconnect with our own youth is really important. Let's talk a little bit about that and and how we can maybe reconnect with our kids uh, doing activities together, uh, maybe even disconnecting a little bit and getting out in nature. What are some ideas that you would have for uh, families who want to be able to be out there with their kids right now. Sure. So, um, so that that uh, saying, which I love to use, has a double meaning. Which one is, um, it is more and more challenging to to uh, to connect as parents or adults with our with our children because of electronics and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but there's been extensive studies and, and writings on the benefits and values of, of spending time outdoors and and uh, its its ability to reduce stress and anxiety and and um, uh, in, uh, and allow your your body and your mind to to relax and so I think um, you know the opportunities are 
as quick and easy as, um, you know, spending time outdoors in the backyard. And, and part of it for us as adults too, is to kind of let go and, and remember kind of, you know, uh, digging in the dirt with your little kids and, and trying to find, uh, exploring, you know, a, a square inch of land and, and figure out what you can find if you just get down and, and, uh, and, 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 dial in on even just a small part of the woods or your backyard, then um, you can really have a great experience with your children. And then it goes from there to, to actually, you know, taking hikes and, and, and that's still uh, considered something that's uh, uh, it's, it's considered essential. It's in Asheville, they've, they've uh, limited what you can do to essential activities. And if you look at the five or six things that are on there it includes, you know, going to your doctor and getting food. And believe it or not, in that list of five or six things, going outdoors and hiking, walking, um, riding your bike, um, those are things that are included in the list of essentials. So I think that right there speaks for um, the idea that a healthy life includes making sure that you spend time outside. And that reconnecting with your youth is you being able to kind of put aside those adult worries and um, and just be willing to splash in a creek or dig in the dirt or, um, you know, kick a stone down a trail um, or jump in a river and climb in the trees with like our adventure park and things like that, that you could do that just basically allow you to sort of forget about um, those stresses. And then that in turn, in turn reconnects you with your children who are, who are, uh, you know, getting away from their electronics and, and being pinned down in front of their TV inside. And so I think that that whole thing creates a, a whirlwind of, of opportunities for um, connecting with each other as well as relaxing and, and getting out of the stress and the anxiety that comes from times we have like now. Well, the benefits of being outdoors, uh, like you said, that it is an essential need uh, has so many benefits, and and there are a lot of ways that we can even challenge ourselves um, personally, and and supporting our goals to uh, challenge ourselves and and even challenge our kids uh, without going crazy, but being able to um, you know, like you were saying, walk and hike and uh, really set some goals. What what do you think would be some fun activities for for families? Uh, to be able to kind of challenge themselves a little bit right now. Well, um, I know with, uh, with, um, my son, we have, um, we have been cleaning in our yard and picking up sticks and all that kind of stuff. And we've created quite a pile. And, uh, so I, uh, our plan is to, to, uh, have a little campfire in the backyard tonight. And, um, probably there might involve some candy bars and, marshmallows and and uh and and really just kind of talking about some of the things that we've done in the past he and i have gone on a number of great trips together camp together and uh, so i'm sure some of those memories will come up as we as we remember the trips that we've done so i think uh, uh remembering things that you did as a child um outdoors what you how you entertained yourself kind of think about you know you could even take it to the point of saying hey let's just imagine that like you know, we don't have electronics right now that, that the Wi-Fi is down or 
we don't have electricity. Let's go outside and let's see what we can figure out that we can do and and create a great a game. If you have bikes, then you can definitely um, create a, a little challenge of an obstacle course or something like that, and and include the parents in that. So parents jump in there and and uh, you know be willing to to do that same thing and ride their bike or ride your bike or make it a tricycle race um, and uh, and time it and uh, have fun just sort of challenging each other to uh to doing something like that uh together which uh will be a lot of fun uh we'll make good pictures that you can share with friends um the other thing i know that's going on with uh uh folks that i'm uh connected with is people are uh there's a challenge out there to post scenic pictures um doesn't need to have people and in fact uh, kind of the deal is not to have pictures of people but pictures of places that you've been and uh and post that on your facebook or turn that into your into your um your your shot screenshot or whatever so that other people can look and enjoy and see what places you've been and things you've seen well you had me at candy bars and marshmallows jeff (laughs) (laughs) but i love that idea of being able to uh you know to to be able to go back and 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 rehash those memories of when you were on a trip, when you were taking a vacation, and really trying to recreate that vibe right now with your family and do these fun activities, making sure that every day um, there's time to to let go and be free. And Jeff, give us an idea uh, with all the different uh, businesses that you have with the Adventure Center of Asheville and the Canopy Tours and the Wildwater Adventure family. How can we get more information and start uh, dreaming and putting together some resources for when we can get back out there and, and experience some of these wonderful adventures? Sure. So looking forward to that time where we aren't stuck at our houses um, uh, is um, going on the website and and, uh, getting information from wildwaterrafting.com or adventurecenterofashville.com. And uh, there you can uh, look at exciting pictures, see what other families have experienced and enjoyed, uh, look at videos of some of those opportunities. And then hopefully um, we'll be a part of your plans to come and travel in the mountains of the southeastern U.S. We're we're in western North Carolina, but also in the mountains of Georgia and Tennessee and South Carolina as well. So if you're coming to this region, um, certainly we'd love to either point you in the right direction of the adventures that you want to experience or hopefully be a part of some of those to to help you uh, enjoy our region. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel today, and also thank you so much for your involvement in the in the tourism industry here in Western North Carolina. You've been a leader. You continue to be a leader and um, help bring people together, and for that we are very grateful. I'll look forward to having you on the show again when things are uh, open and and. We can all go out and have more adventures, but in the meantime, thank you so much for being on the show today. You're welcome. My pleasure. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We'll be back with Doc Lawrence on the Gourmet Highway. (laughs) 
Every story has its beginning, a starting point from which it wanders the long and winding road, weaving its way toward the final word. It is on this road where the greatest moments often lie, where memories are made, lessons are learned, and where experiences can be valued forever. Each story is a journey, blind to what lies ahead and conditioned by the road behind. While the destination may or may not be known, each journey is unique, unfolding in the moment and defined by those at the wheel. Regardless of where your journey takes you, it remains yours to create. Embrace the journey. Find your ride at PrestigeSubaru.com. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we welcome folks from around the world and locally onto our tours. People love to travel and discover new places and new experiences, and we love being a part of that here in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Most of us right now are not traveling due to the COVID-19 pandemic sweeping across the globe. While travel and tourism make up the biggest part of our regional economy, providing thousands of jobs, and our community greatly feels that loss in tourism right now, we know that there will be time to travel safely in the near future. We wish everyone good health and safety during this time. Community is what brings us together. We at Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours look forward to welcoming you to our community and showing you the city from a bird's eye view. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and thank you all for joining us today. I want to give a shout out to my new buddy, Marshall Oliver. He's a sales engineer at Sweetwater Sound. He has been a savior for me uh, with my new technology here at my home studio with Speaking of Travel. I have been on the phone with Marshall quite a bit lately, getting me all trained and ready to record Speaking of travel and have everything sent to Randy, my producer, and having a seamless transition during this challenging time. But we are on track. I'm using my new LiveTrack LA board by Zoom. And I just want to thank Marshall Oliver, sales engineer, for all of his help. He has just been the most patient and Um, uh, sweet guy is what I am going to say. Marshall Oliver is just the best. And speaking of the best, I am excited to bring Doc Lawrence, our host of the Gourmet Highway, here today to tell us a story. You know, Doc just has such a long history of storytelling and... um, traveling through the Gourmet Highway, telling us about wines and history. And today he's going to tell us a story that is really the only firsthand account of Dr. Martin Luther King enjoying wine. That's right. Imagine that. Dr. Martin Luther King sitting at a wine tasting. The story confirms his sophistication and penchant for excellence, and it is saturated with timeless history, as only our good pal, Doc Lawrence, can share. Thanks, Doc, for being here today. I am really looking forward to hearing this story. 
Jim Sanders pioneered wine in Atlanta and introduced the great wines of Europe into Atlanta's dining tradition. Over the years, Sanders owned five wine stores, several gourmet restaurants, and taught thousands of us about fine wine. One evening long ago, three men, all historic figures, met unexpectedly in his store near Georgia State Capitol. Sanders wrote about the events, kept them in his desk drawer, and gave them to me just prior to his death. Here is Jim Sanders in his own words. Requiem for three wine tasters. It was the most unlikely gathering, completely impromptu, and so bizarre that before going to bed that night, I wrote down everything that was said. Sometimes I still don't believe it. In the early 1960s, I operated Atlanta's first fine wine shop in conjunction with a delicatessen and small lounge. Among our regular customers was the legendary newspaper man, Ralph McGill, who dropped by quite often to purchase a case or two and talk about interesting people and interesting wines. On a thunder-showered evening, Mr. McGill and I were drinking an unassuming Tarragona Rosé, and we were discussing an earthquake that had struck Alaska two weeks earlier when I felt my own earth tremble. For up to the table strode ex-Georgia Governor Marvin Griffin, an arch segregationist and one of Mr. McGill's staunchest political and sociological enemies. The former governor had already greeted me and was sliding into the booth before he recognized my other guest, whom during early political and integration skirmishes he had derisively dubbed Rastus McGill. By then, Mr. McGill, who had returned the favor by labeling Governor Griffin a racist bigot and accusing his administration of having taking ways, had eased as far back in the booth as the wall would allow. Governor Griffin jumped in shock when he recognized his old adversary, and I feared an unpleasant scene. But I need not have worried. Governor Griffin stuck out his hand and said, How are you, Mr. McGill? The famous editor replied, Well, I'm fine, Governor, and I'm pleased to see you again. Noticing my obvious concern, he said, Don't worry, Jim. We can always talk about the weather. And wine, I added hopefully, and wine they agreed. Governor Griffin, who had abided wine with me on numerous occasions, but was by no means an aficionado, accepted a glass of the rosé, and the conversation turned to the death a few days earlier of General Douglas MacArthur, whom Mr. McGill had interviewed several times, and under whom Governor Griffin and I had served during World War II. Just then I excused myself, for a customer had entered the wine department. A stonky, well-dressed black man, the polite term used in those days was Negro, had been by previously for a bottle of Ammon Toledo as a gift for a friend. He again selected a sherry, and his attention was captured by some rare burgundies. He fondled them, but could not bring himself to purchase them. That's when Mr. McGill spotted him. Mr. McGill came out of the lounge, shook hands with my customer, and the two moved into a corner to talk. Anticipating a lengthy conversation, I rejoined Governor Griffin, probably Georgia's most accomplished raconteur. He had just finished one of his famous stories when Mr. McGill returned to the table, bringing his customer with him. Gentlemen, he said, you know the Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr., don't you? Governor Griffin replied, like we say in South Georgia, we nodded, but we haven't shook, and he extended his hand. So Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. joined the tasting. 
There, towards the height of the civil rights controversy, the world's foremost champion of integration, one of the nation's most liberal newspaper men, and one of the South's most outspoken segregationists, sat down together to enjoy a glass of fine wine. Over the flavorful little rosé, we talked about the quality of wines. Dr. King and Governor Griffin asked almost the identical question, wondering if there was any real difference in wines of the same name. To prove the point, I poured taste of three sauternes, a low-priced jug type, a very fruity one from Ohio, and a classic 1953 vintage from one of France's great vineyards. Of course, the quality differences were overwhelming. Each was distinguishable by color and smell alone. The Ohio wine was three times as flavorful as the first, and the last was in an exalted class of its own. Dr. King exclaimed, It's like the best cantaloupe you've ever tasted compared to damp pasteboard. In the ensuing conversation, we learned that while at college in Boston, Dr. King had a friend and benefactor who owned a cellar and everything, that he had been poured wines at formal dinners, but that he never had an opportunity to learn much about them. It was obvious that he knew how to taste wines, and probably more than the others, he appreciated what he was tasting. Governor Griffin had been exposed to many fine wines as governor of Georgia, and through my efforts when I worked and traveled with him 15 years earlier. He was fascinated by and remembered many of their names, but admittedly his taste went more to whiskey with just a touch of branch water, he said. Mr. McGill had drunk good wines for many years, and he understood and appreciated them. I often teased him for taking the Will Rogers approach to wines. He never met one he didn't like. And he particularly liked to drink wines from regions he had seen firsthand. Upon his return from frequent trips abroad, friends knew they'd have to drink and discuss the wines of Portugal, Hungary, Chile, or whatever country he had just visited. As the wines were analyzed, talk never approached anything even slightly controversial. It was as if all three were well-armed, but no one would be the first to draw his weapon. The atmosphere could not be termed chummy, but neither was it cold. Carefully polite and extremely respectful probably are the best words. Governor Griffin and Dr. King remembered a mutual acquaintance from Griffin's home county, a black country preacher who was a local legend, so they took turns telling stories about him, including one about how, after a long drought, he prayed for rain continuously for several days. Finally, what they described as a gully-washing frog drowner came down and washed all the newly planted crops out of the ground. As one old farmer explained, they had somebody praying for rain that didn't know nothing about agriculture. Remembering how longingly Dr. King had looked at the 1957 Latash, I opened a bottle and poured samples all around. At once the three tasters knew this to be a new dimension in wines, something entirely different and uncommonly fine. All three found proper words to describe it, big, rich, flowery, like satin. But the expressions on their face said more than their words, for each recognized this as Venus Jewel. By now Dr. King's driver was growing impatient and reminded him of an appointment. As he paid for his sherry, Dr. King said, there's more to this kind of wine than I thought. I'd like to come back soon and learn more. But he never did. He went on to win the Nobel Peace Prize a few months later and to intensify his struggle for civil rights, which gained momentum right up to his tragic assassination 
four and one half years later. Marvin Griffin took a different road. He helped organize Senator Barry Goldwater's unsuccessful presidential campaign that summer and remained emphatic in his fight against integration as a small town but widely quoted newspaper publisher until his death in 1982. A few months before he died, he said, You really assembled a motley gang that night we tasted the wines. I felt like I was in the camp of the Philistines, but it was sort of fun to see my competition up real close. Ralph McGill continued to prod and to provoke the Southern social conscious as the publisher of the Atlanta Constitution and to join me regularly for what we called a glass of the good stuff and a little upper-level wine talk until he died suddenly in 1969. When I drove off that evening, Mr. McGill and Governor Griffin, on a first-name basis by now, were leaning against an automobile in the parking lot, talking about a Depression-era Georgia governor named E.D. Rivers. Since then, I've often wondered how different events of the 1960s might have been had the three leading characters of this vignette sat down together a few years sooner for a glass of the good stuff and a little upper-level wine talk. Well, Doc, we're going to look forward to hearing more stories and uh, and doing more dreaming of where we're going to go on the Gourmet Highway. Uh, we are never going to stop dreaming. We're never going to stop traveling. Those days are coming, and I want to thank you again for being our host. If you'd like more Gourmet Highway, all you have to do is visit thegourmethighway.com. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. Go out and have a really wonderful week. We are definitely in some challenging times right now, but you know what? It's a time of reflection. It's a time of being with your families. I want to thank Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport, my guest, Jeff Greiner. I want to thank all of you for tuning in and go out, take a walk in nature really smell the flowers dream big and remember life is short don't postpone joy 